The deal is this. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid, that red dropper Anton Wilson always squealed. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid, that red dropper Anton Wilson always squealed. Real, 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 real. They are pissed. Real, 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 real. They are pissed. Okay, by the time we finish this, you're all going to be practicing magicians. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I are going through Grant Morrison's new X-Men run from 2001. We're issue 133. We are between arcs. We just wrapped up Phantom mm-hmm. X, Weapon 13. We're about to start into the riot at Xavier's, but before we can do that, Xavier has to do a little globe trotting, and Wolverine has to go recruit a young female mutant uh, that won't really have anything to do for the rest of this run, if I remember right. She doesn't really do anything until yes. way later. <laughs> the idea was, I think, that he had plans for her and then changed his plans. Hmm. Uh, she ends up in other comics. This is a, a pretty cool character, I think. Uh, this issue I like as a filler issue more than the next one, and it's also following up on something like uh the xavier stuff is following up on a loose thread like they're doing consequence issues and i think that one like not that uh landra is more important than genosha but just it makes more sense mm-hmm. you know it's more dramatically sound um again you know uh pairing the kind of mediocre issue a uh, really cool cover uh thing i think the cover of this is very striking oh yeah this is great like just the because Dust is the character is the mutant we're gonna rec- we're gonna rescue. She wears a uh, um, hijab, and so like it's just completely black except for a strip for her eyes, and then and the reflection of her pupil, you can see like Wolverine doing his normal like kind of kind of pose. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's really good. Like it's just it just looks really evocative. I'm sure this like popped on the shelf, right? Like people were like, "What the fuck is that?" Oh, totally. Yeah, really good. Um, we uh, and this is this issue is drawn by Ethan Van Skyver, noted monster. Uh, and comics gate fuck with. Um, and there's no real, you know, the art is fine. Uh, I think we should probably get into it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we start off in Afghanistan. Uh, Logan has killed a bunch of Afghani people. We're going to find out that these are guys selling, uh, s- selling children, mutant slaves to, to mutant rich slaves. folks. Um, so yeah. these are, these are slavers. So it's okay that we're killing brown people. Um, well, the, uh, I, this is the beginning of this, not to be simple, but this is some really good, badass Wolverine. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like extremely good Wolverine content. Like this made me also want a Wolver, like a Grant Morrison Wolverine thing. Like I'm sure he's not that interested in just like doing a badass anti-hero, mm-hmm. but he's good at it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this uh, is really cool. And it and it looks cool. Like Wolverine with the pose and with blood coming out of the claws, and like his clothes are yep. in tatters and kind of blowing in the and the and the snowy winds behind him. Like it just looks kind of badass. Yeah great and just that you know, again opening line like what does it take to make you people listen to reason you know <laughs> or oh, this big pile of corpses <laughs> like you know and there's one guy uh, left and uh wolverine warns him like hey like 
you're, I can't. But what what do I need to do here? <laughs> like you just saw me like, kill yeah. like twenty people, and you're gonna lift a gun? Just drop it, my man. Like I don't. Yeah. I will. I will cut off your hand if you try to shoot me with this gun. And the guy drops the gun, but then immediately picks it up and tries to shoot him again. <laughs> yep. And uh, Wolverine immediately cuts off his hand. Because again, like badass, you know, good uh, good Wolverine, you know, like not fucking around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's like, "What were you thinking? Do you think that guy doesn't look like a deranged human killing machine?" Like, uh, you know, without his hand. And he's like, he's the, the guy's freaking out. And he's like, quit while you can still hold hand with, with your sweetheart, man. Like you still have a hand, leave it, you know, which again, I just, I like uh short tempered Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. I, I love this like real tiny shot in the bottom of the hand, severed hand, just in the snow, you know, grasping the gun. And it's like kind of failing, fell into the snow a little bit. Like it's just kind of gross and bad and cool looking. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine goes over to the village uh, where, you know, this assault had happened. Uh, heads back. He's sniffing, cuts through the fence, goes into a, a tent with uh, these rotted humanoid figures. And look who we find here, but Phantom X. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the Wolverine and Phantom X first meeting. Yes. Uh, scene. Um, and he, Phantom X introduces himself and says, like, you, you probably uh, are smelling Professor X and Jean Grey on me because I just ran into them in France. And, uh, says that he's taking this book uh, with all of the names of the richest people on the planet who are buying slaves so that he could auction it off so that they don't get caught. And of course, Wolverine does his like high and mighty, you know, women and kids are treated like furniture and all you can think about is money. And Phantom X is yeah. like, yep, a hundred percent. Specifically, I'm only human after all. Like, I, I love that. Like nothing mm-hmm. like your X-Men. And then he, he's pulls his, uh, you know, his alpha move here where he's like, you know, I even wonder how much you'd pay to learn about the secrets of the weapon plus and your own past. James. You know, um, like, I know you got your start with Weapon X, you know, know your real name and Wolverine can't really handle this. Like, who, what the, you know, he's kind of freaks out and he goes, oh, Phantom X, your Weapon 13, X111, the latest super soldier I know about you. Uh, and he's like, you'll be hearing about me a lot more soon. Yeah. And then um, says he didn't kill any of these bodies in here that somehow the, the girl did. And she stripped all of the flesh uh, from their bones. And before the, the other armed guards show up, Phantom X disappears. Um, it presumably jumps into Eva and this takes off. Um, yeah. Uh, they, they were going to take off her burqa specifically. That's why yeah. she did this. I cannot uh, imagine what led, what choices were made to lead to the, to having Logan say your weapon 13 X one, 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 the latest state of the yes. art super soldier. Like I know, <laughs> I know what they're doing in an extremely ham hand. Like they're just reminding us who Phantom X is, but X one, one, one really like that's fucking. Yeah. Crazy. It's pretty weird. Yeah. It's pretty weird. <laughs> Some so dialogue. Strange. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Phantom X disappears. Like, Hey, they're, they're armed inquisitive mercenaries heading this way. I'm sure you can talk sense into them. And Wolverine is like, you bet. Uh, sure, again, see you later. I like, I like bad-tempered Wolverine uh, here. Uh, so we cut away, presumably, you know, as uh, Wolverine has, has killed all those uh, people, to uh, Professor Xavier in an airline that is getting, or an airplane that is getting hijacked. Yeah. Uh, um, and bad luck for these dudes who have picked the, the airplane that the most famous telepath in the world is, is riding on, because he just basically tells them to stop and then tells them to go sit down and tells them to deactivate yeah. the, the, the bomb in his stomach, which Gene Gray has to do because it's in his fucking stomach. So, um, yep. this yeah. is, this is extremely like, so this came out, you know, the series started in 2001. Mm-hmm. This is pretty far into it. So this is probably 2002, not too long after nine 11. And this terrorist is like, here's your airport security, your x-rays. <laughs> like, this is what happened. You know, we still got past this stuff, which is like in general, 
I am on the side of like, yeah, nine 11 did a lot of dumb shit to the airport. Like I don't feel safer now that I have to take off my shoes before I got on a plane because I might get shot in a mall. Like I, I don't, I don't think that we did a good job with that, but it's real weird to see that sentiment in 2002. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like this is pretty early on for that. It's not like I'm like, I'm not trying to be like, Oh, this is bad taste or like woke shame. Grant Morrison. I'm just kind of surprised. Like you don't see a lot of examples of this. No, no, no. The, especially in 2002 like i think it took the yeah. the country as a whole a long time so seeing this in a mainstream marvel book right like you know there were there were rappers making songs called makeshift patriot like two months after fucking 9-11 yeah. and stuff like that but like seeing it in a comic book ostensibly meant for teenagers and men who have not evolved their brain processes past teenagers and are still stuck in the past yes. like that's that is more of a surprise on any of this stuff like actual fucking yeah. commentary right like real world commentary yeah, exactly and it, it would never happen now. Like this is before Marvel had the cultural dominance mm-hmm. it has now because it was pre MCU. Like this was part of the, you know, the Bill Jameis and, uh, you know, Joe Quesada era where they were trying a bunch of new stuff, which includes, you know, Grant Mor- hiring Grant Morrison. So they were, they were crawling their way back up from irrelevance in a lot of ways. But so it's not like it, this is not the equivalent of like the Mandalorian just like turning to the camera and saying Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's closer to that than you usually see. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so baby Yoda saying Bush did nine 11, <laughs> which he did. And then baby Yoda did. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just picturing cute ass baby Yoda who, who literally breaks my, my wife's heart every time he's on screen, like saying something like Bush did nine 11 as one of the, cause he hasn't talked yet in the Mandalorian. He just so. turns right to autumn, like turns yeah. right to the camera. Nine <laughs> 11 Bush did. Um, was it you guys talking about baby Yoda where I'm like, I wonder if, uh, they Yoda's naturally talk in that shitty ass way or they have to be taught. Me and you were talking talk about that. Shitty- yeah. Like okay. so, someone have to, um, or at least I, I heard you say that at some point, but, okay. uh, like presumably somebody had to teach baby Yoda to talk broken English. Like, cause baby, yeah. or, or not, not baby Yoda, but the actual Yoda, like regular had, Yoda, yeah, or he just chose to do that himself. This feels like a bit you and I did already. So I'm pretty sure that was me I, and you, you know, <laughs> podcaster brain, man. I, know, <laughs> I, know, like, I just I don't remember anything I recorded. <laughs> um, so Xavier shuts down this thing and goes back to reading a book with himself on the cover. With a magazine called La Intelligent. Fucking flex. <laughs> flex, Xavier. Fucking flex. Funny. <laughs> like, just going back to reading my, uh, you know, I've been reading about these dirty bombs, Gene, in La Intelligent magazine, the Professor Xavier issue. Um, they land, mm-hmm. and this is, you know, I like this, uh, this is Xavier Flex, you know. He's talking to the authorities, like, hey, this was Muhammad. I, an hour ago, he was convinced uh, that the territorial injustices uh, perpetrated by one tribe against another, justified this aircraft and turning it into an atomic weapon and killing thousands of people. We've had a talk, and uh, <laughs> I, you know I've explained some of the contradictions in his thinking, and uh, he's just like, "It's true. I don't know what I've been doing with my life." You know, he's crying, uh, and there's a little bit of just you know uh, the 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 authorities take him in, and he's just like, "Yep, uh, I'm a telepath. I can tell you he'll never use violence again." Also, I told him you can, you will not hurt him, and this is like a threat. I can assure them that he will not be brutalized in their custody. Doesn't this so make you think little... that Xavier has way better things to be doing than like running a school for idiot mutants? Like if he yeah. could be doing, like if he could be convincing <laughs> terrorists not to be terrorists, maybe we should yeah. focus on that and let Gene and Emma run the school for a little while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Like it's yeah. it's it's Just, a weird flex that like he he has the ability to do this and choose it not to. And I know that's like Batman not spending his money for universal health care as, as opposed to dressing up like a bat or whatever. Like this is pretty standard superhero bullshit. But like boy, when you actually see it in like happen on the page, yeah. like, wow, you could be a lot what, what, lot better at this. What a lucky group of passengers on this plane <laughs> that they happen to have uh, Xavier doing his jet set. You know, just still kind of going on his international tour. He's been going on for a while and just happened to have Xavier on the plane. I don't know if you, you know? if you know this or not, but uh, right after 9-11, um, Department of Homeland Security dictated that there had to be at least one Xavier on every plane. Oh, sure. But you can't. But he yeah. does just dresses up as some just very casually. So you as, a, as an air marshal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh, like the air marshal in uh, Bridesmaids. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got you got every every plane gets an air Xavier, you know? <laughs> It's really just multiple um, man. Yeah, <laughs> just just with a bald cap and a grin. Xavier never gave never gave multiple man back his body or his consciousness from that one issue. He just kept it. Yeah, just go to sleep. You've earned a rest forever, forever. Uh, <laughs> um. So so as this is happening, uh, someone is going to take a shot at Xavier, a sniper, and out comes some X Force leftovers. Yeah, uh, to be the X Corporation from here. So uh I like this shot. Mm-hmm. We see the bullet going towards uh Xavier. It's not a what it doesn't look like a normal bullet. It looks like a weird space bullet. Uh but Jean Grey does her like Phoenix thing and like I just really love the image of like the Phoenix fire that comes out of her like grabbing yeah. it. Like it looks it's really, really good. cool. Yeah. I think also um like Jean Grey wearing like a t-shirt of her old uh Phoenix uniform yeah. underneath the black leather jacket like tucked into some black leather pants I think is kind of a cool fucking thing. Awesome. Yeah, and it's also like the kind of like X-Men shirt you could buy at Target. You know, it, it's it's a cool like it's a cool like fashion thing. Yeah. You know, this or like a consumer, you know, kind of thing. Like people would have this shirt because they loved her. They love the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um so really cool cool shot. Uh we cut over to everyone kind of figuring out what happened. Uh Thunderbird uh or Warpath rather um knocks uh knocks xavier down uh he says his name is james proud star was like i thought you were dead he's like, that was someone else sir and he's referring to his brother who died you know xavier sent him on a mission and giant size x-men number one uh who was yeah thunderbird um this is warpath his younger brother who was a big part of like cable's x-force which is a comic i read a lot of <laughs> along with feral and thorn the two uh wolf ladies he's hanging out with so, um, yeah. So uh, Jean Grey is looking at the uh, uh, the bullet here. Mm-hmm. Says it's you know it's not uh, from this planet. And then the uh, X Force leftovers, some you know, a Warpath, Feral, and Thorn all jump towards the tower uh, where the sniper is. Like boring. Mm-hmm. Um, weird panel. It's an extremely weird panel. Like the three of them, yeah. like all jumping up at that 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 speed is is very funny. Uh, Spring. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they get up there and, and find the <laughs> they they find the uh, the sniper. Well, I was just thinking about X uh, X Corporation Mumbai uh, has kind of a monolithic power set. When you have two cat ladies and then a big guy who's good at fighting, yeah, you know that's going to come up a, in a real interesting way later in a, in a way that I like. Where yeah, like we don't know how to use Cerebro because we don't yeah. have any fucking telepaths, Gene Gray. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, this is this, this one third of the '90s X Force you gave me, so I don't know what we're supposed to fucking do with this. Yeah. Um and surprise, this is Lalandra, uh, who thinks yep. that uh, Xavier is still uh, Cassandra Nova and is responsible for destroying her entire empire. Um, yep. 
and uh james Proudstar brings her over and uh like he she does a quick he does a quick little scan of her and finds out that her mind is extremely still sick uh and like she out of the car comes like some Iraqi clones and are like, Hey, you need to come with me. We got to, we got to go do some stuff. Like get in this, get in this space car. We got to go. They look exactly like C Everett Coop, the old, uh, <laughs> surgeon general. It's real weird. Um, so three C Everett Coops that's get a, out of a car. That's a weird pull. Out of a like, coop. was he on a, did he, was there a portrait of him at your school or what? <laughs> Why do you I just remember, well, I mean, I, I remember there was a portrait, but I remember learning about him, uh, you know, as, as a kid, <laughs> You say that like, like he, it's obvious you've remembered everything you've ever learned about. Like you really remember what C. Everett <laughs> Coop looks like. I don't know why. Well, it's because he's got this weird look. He he did. He pulls the Lincoln. He they not a lot of people do the uh, the shitty beard. You know. I don't even. Uh, but C. Everett Coop is one of the few people who did it not successfully. But the beard without the mustache is a real uh, real unique look. I think. Man, that you dude's know? dead. C. Everett Coop. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. That was me kissing my fingers and putting them to the sky. Um. I don't actually care how you rest. Um, so, uh, <laughs> wow. I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call Ms. Coop up and tell him you said that. Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, there's only one way to console a widow, dude. Like, oh, do you, do you know him because he boy. showed up on the Simpsons? Is that what happened? Mm, no, I saw him referenced before that. I remember seeing his picture in school. I had a really weird social studies teacher I've talked about before mm-hmm. named Mr. Steely, who was obsessed with torture, uh, who like, <laughs> obsessed with like, uh, like guillotines and torture and shit. And it's like, I told a story about making uh, coleslaw in the back of the room where it was like just a bunch of like coleslaw in a terrarium that we were mashing with a, a two by four mm-hmm. and kids put like pencil shavings and gum and stuff in there. He was really sad. So he was real weird. And he used to tell us, you know, we, we talked about a lot of local civics stuff. So that's how I learned like about Colin Powell. I learned about a lot of weird uh, political people that you don't wouldn't necessarily know who they are in ninth grade uh, because of weird Mr. Steely. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, uh, he stood up and called Lisa a, a witch at some point in the Simpsons universe. So, I, <laughs> lots yeah. of C. Everett Coop facts to get here today. <laughs> you probably weren't expecting it on this episode of a Future Cast, but you're getting it. Here we go. <laughs> um, so the uh, Xavier's kind of explaining who she is. It's like, oh no, she's you know, she's uh, she's my wife. She's my consort. Jean will explain. I have to go with all the C. Everett Coops. Yes. Uh, we go back to the X Corp where uh, Sunspot has has arrived. Um, yeah, um, and they are all looking at a very passed out Logan. Uh, Jean Grey says, "Like, yeah, that's fine. He normally does that. His healing power takes it really takes it out of him. Uh, but where is the mutant that he was supposed to rescue?" Um, and that's when um, Farrell, who I thought was Rain this entire time, because I can't tell mm. the difference uh starts worse no yeah starts dusting off her um cerebro and basically saying like yeah we we don't really have a telepath like you need to you need to like help us out with this thing yeah yeah um this is again just in grant morrison reading a wiki and playing with toys uh this is incredibly off characterization for for uh sun or not sunspot sunfire like sunfire is extremely arrogant mm-hmm. you know sunfire was like in giant size x-men joined and then t- told xavier to go fuck himself like 30 seconds later and flip the table and like flew away flipping him off like he he's a he's an asshole oh yeah and here you know he's like this weird he's really reverent to wolverine and it's like you hate that you met this dude and you hated him yeah you know you're as old as this guy like or you know wolverine's like 100 years old but you're as old as cyclops like you're not a kid but they draw him as like a kind of a teen yeah he's like oh wolverine would be a samurai that's honorable it's like morrison only knew that sunfire was from japan <laughs> 
and then just kind of like you know went went with that. He had three. He had three facts. Yeah, it, <laughs> two of them really were wrong. <laughs> it's like the people who wrote the coming out of their shells tour and just knew that the Ninja Turtles like skateboarding and pizza. Yep. Um, That's all you really need to know. So uh, this is where you know Gene Gray's going to teach uh, you know teach them how to use the thing. He's like, it's not difficult. Just uh, put on this rebar and think into it. It'll find the uh, mutants for you. I might be able to kick kickstart it for you and and find this mutant. Uh, so that she puts on the helmet. Uh, the rest of the people are looking in physical space. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, James Proudstar. Uh, you know, Warpath is using his super senses. Uh, this place is scanning free of all intruders. He says very robotically. That's a um, that's a good like. Uh, I've talked to you before about that show, The Gifted, which got canceled. Yeah, um, and like the the representation of this dude on 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 that show is very much like this kind of dialogue like he would just like mm. look around and be like someone's coming <laughs> like, okay cool pretty cool I, I have to go hit somebody all right see mm. you later <laughs> yeah um they they uh they notice all the dust that's in the room is coming off of wolverine yeah. this is where sunfire's like that's wolverine are you insane he's a samurai and like maybe there's like new young sunfire that I don't know about, but if this is supposed to be my sunfire, this is off. Yeah. Um, and Jean Grey figures it out. Like, actually, no, the missing mutant is with us all the time. Uh, Warpath's like, no way. My senses are working overtime. And, and Jean Grey's like, no, she's not really biological now. Hello, Soraya. It's me, Jean. You're safe. Become a human again. I know you're hungry. And all the dust swirls around and turns into the character Dust, uh, who says, uh, to Rob. And uh, Wolverine wakes up at this point and says, that means dust is all she says. Now, everybody shut up. I'm still trying to sleep. I, uh, the, the panels of where she's actually becoming human from dust again. I like that they form like a skeleton under there. Yeah. As opposed to just like clicking into existence, like having to rebuild your body, I think is really fascinating. It's really cool. It it reminds me of the really great, uh, part in the Zack Snyder Watchmen with uh dr manhattan where he has to like reconstitute himself yeah yeah you know that visually looks really cool in that like as much as that's a really flawed adaptation the uh just to bring that back the the chernobyl podcast that they did along with chernobyl did a couple issues yeah. of the, a couple episodes of the uh on the new watchman series the hbo hmm. se- the sequel i guess uh and yeah super interesting stuff so yeah what is sunfire doing with with his hand in the third panel at the top what's he take a look well that's uh he's pretty he he's he's trying to figure out if he should grab Farrell's tail or not <laughs> just to give it a little a little pull get a little tug like it looks very tuggable like it's going to be you know? very funny if i do it but she also might scar, scar my face for life like which is, yeah, yeah. Which is like, it gonna be <laughs> like Farrell and thorn are definitely like these twin cat girls are somebody's like masturbation romp 100 mm-hmm. and that could be why sunfire is acting so strange he's full of hornicules you know uh, Someone tweeted uh, or retweeted something onto my timeline yesterday. Uh, there's a Deviant Art account that photoshops uh, lady wrestlers so that one lady wrestler is extremely bigger than the other lady wrestler. And cool. I just like I just I, there was only one image, and I did not go digging for more. But like the first thing in my head was like, this is someone's really specific fetish. Like this is crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and and I say that as somebody who like you know a Amazon like tall tough looking woman is good to me. But they don't need to be supernaturally tall, you know. There's very little magic in my masturbation fantasies. Like, there's not a whole lot of like things breaking the laws of physics. <laughs> just you know? a whole lot of dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just regular dick physics. Yeah, just normal um, dick physics. Not even like spectacularly yeah. big dicks. Just just average normal yeah. dicks with 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 yeah. chicks that I like. Yeah, some of them are are attached to me. 
<laughs> some, some of them. them. <laughs> some of them. <laughs> some, uh, if you're, if you could have a dick anywhere walls. else on your body besides where it is now, where would you put it? And just um, uh, no question. Okay, cool. No, I just I, I don't know. I just uh, I just I just thought it'd be funny to answer quickly. I mean, probably somewhere easy to conceal, like maybe like aligned with my spine. A back, you dick. know. Interesting. Yeah. Like, like, you know, cause then, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It wouldn't be that useful, but I would be able to wear clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Here comes comes Gary, old, old dick bulge Gary coming down the road. (laughs) (laughs) I I just feel like if I did have one hanging out of my forearm or whatever, like I'd also, I'd have to wear some special clothes to cover it up, but people wouldn't want to like, I'd try to hand somebody a sandwich (laughs) and they'd be like, ah. It you would know. make it would make Duckfest extremely awkward if you had it. Oh dick, man! Like, like just anywhere else on your body, it would be very strange. Like yeah. especially if nobody knew about it at first. I'm like, oh, did you see the? Like it fell out. Did you see you know, people are dick? like <laughs> doing doing conspiracy? But <laughs> oh, no, he's wearing pants. No, 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 no not that one. <laughs> like it, it become this like conspiracy theory thing, and then it'd be like, oh, they faked Duckfest. Like Stanley Kubrick came back from the grave to fake Duckfest. Uh, <laughs> you know, like Photoshop a bunch of dicks onto people. Uh, I I hope that I don't grow. A second one. I am pretty good with just the one. I think one is a good number for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personally, not telling anybody else how to live. I know there are people out there with the two dicks and stuff. I read a uh, a Reddit Ask Me Anything thing of a, a dude with two dicks. Pretty interesting. Yeah, that dude um, sounded miserable. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, like it'd be weird. Yeah, you know, can't, gotta, gotta say it'd be weird. You know, got to be a minor Reddit celebrity for a moment, uh, <laughs> but at what cost? <laughs> that, uh, did you ever listen to a life well wasted? Um, yeah. That but that that one interview uh, he did with the guy with the enormous penis and just like how yeah. fucking miserable that guy sounded about his enormous penis like people are terrified to touch it like no yeah everyone every, everyone that does want to touch it is like treating me like I'm a fetish and not like an actual yeah. person like it just sounds like the worst fucking thing in the world it's it's a weird thing so like that podcast I think uh, people talked about it a lot when it came out and people have forgotten about it because there's only like eight episodes and it mm-hmm. went away Robert Ashley's podcast um, I really loved that in the beginning. That dick episode was my turning point where I thought if this podcast continues, I won't like it anymore. Yeah. Like I just, I was like, this has nothing to do with games. This is just this weird, like human interest story that you're like, like I was interested in that dude's miserable life. I've talked to people who have ginormous dicks before and generally they're like, yeah, it's a logistical nightmare. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't like it. Um, and it was kind of like an interesting thing, but I was like, why do I care about Robert Ashley? Like, talking about this what specific insight are you doing other than just interviewing a dude with a gigantic wang yeah you know and making, and the and early making a episode, weird song out of the out of the interview at some point <laughs> yeah yeah you know the, it wasn't that interesting like the early episodes of that i think are really good yeah like yeah, where it's a little bit more uh, and you know and i love the title of it i think the title's perfect i think it, you know it, it's pretty cool and then he kind of lost it and then he stopped doing it and now he's just a guy on twitter as far as i know yeah you know so He's mentioned a couple uh, of times that he has episodes of that in the hopper that could come out at any point. So that's, that's interesting because it's been like a decade. You know, it's, it's been a really been, fucking long time. Yeah. yeah lived it's Phoenix been literally like 10 years. Like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so we, we, we cut we, over, we have established dust. Uh, we cut over to uh, Xavier who's in the back of the space car uh, with a Rocky six who is leading him to a Shi'ar space shuttle and explaining that uh, the Shi'ar empire is disconnecting themselves from any mutants whatsoever. Um, yep. They're dropping all further compact uh, all contact and uh, you know, just basically saying like, screw you guys. You literally destroyed our entire existence and we don't want to hang out with you anymore. Yep. And Xavier's having a hard time with this. Like, hey, you know, Cassandra Nova can't do any more harm. I know what she did, but your mind will heal. The Empire will come back. 
and she's like you know again this this uh, arc being good at uh, talking about xavier's hubris like ruin always comes to us through you you know like you 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 are the worst thing that has happened to the shiar uh you know which is pretty inarguable between this and the phoenix yes you know uh she's like i'm broken he's trying to console her like you're not broken you've dissolved you can change into a new form and uh araki comes in and is like no you know like this is over this is an emergency like you don't actually understand uh the mutant species is toxic you have these toxic levels of aggression um your marriage is annulled like this is over yep you can you have caused a catastrophic your presence has just like really fucked us up and he uses the word yeah. like we're going to remove all CR citizens from planet Earth during the disinfection period. And when Xavier yeah. follows up and says like, "What does that mean?" He says, "Oh yes, the Phoenix is hatched and she is merciless." Um, and this is our our last page where like out of nowhere Xavier has a team of mutants with him. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what this was. <laughs> who doesn't those that, people were? Doesn't it look like X Factor? Like it kind of gave me like some like like the guy in the back for somewhere gave me some like strongman vibes or whatever. Like I don't. It just looks sure. But like, all of a sudden, Gladiator is here too. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Gladiator and scary plasma face. Yes, uh, to his left. Um, and just basically, this like foreshadowing about the Phoenix uh, and divorcing Lalandra and Xavier. Yeah, you know, and which is also, which is a worthwhile thing. That's interesting. Sure. Yeah. I and you know, I think it's interesting that they they came back. We're like, we're going to give you all of your people back. Because the last time we saw the Shi'ar, like we were X-Men were flying people up there to help with the oh, rebuilding. Effort. Yeah, that's who these people are. That's oh, who these X-Men are. Yeah, behind duh. Them. OK, well, we're fucking yeah. idiots then. That's exactly who these people are. <laughs> Shit, I didn't it's, even. Well, it's, it's not it's not blocked very well. Like they said, we're yeah. giving them back, but they don't show like people unloading from a plane or anything. They're just all of a sudden behind Xavier. They should have just shown Archangel there. And I would have probably like figured that shit out yes. almost immediately or, or Beaker Angel or something. Instead, it's just like yeah. weird silhouettes of mutants you've never heard of before. So yeah, it's a striking image, but like it kind of oversells the tragedy a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, Lalandra's crying, you know, she's not into this. You know, I mean, she's and, into uh, killing Xavier's now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, she's, she's, you know, she's not doing good. Uh, and Xavier is now divorced. Yes. So he gets to go sleep in a race car. Um, yeah. And that's the issue. That's it. Uh, yeah. so I like, I, I like this one better than the other filler issue that we covered, the Magneto one. Oh yeah. Um, I think it's just like, even though some of the representations of the, of the characters are kind of off model and a little weird, like it's the action is good. It's understandable. Like you can kind of tell what's going on at all times. And it, it fills in some gaps and like, and like you said, just basically, you know, cuts out some loose ends for us, ties them up. So we're all neat in a bow and ready for what is arguably the the best run of the series, which is what going to be where we cover on the next episode. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, decent, not a whole lot of consequence mm-hmm. to this dust does not show up. Like, you know, very much in this, um, you know, the, the stuff with Lalandra is not really a big part of this. Like this was, I think Grant Morrison trying to give gifts, you know, like trying to set new status quo stuff, but it doesn't really hold. We're going to immediately go back into Shi'ar shit very, you know, only a couple of years after this ends with, uh, Ed Brubaker's stuff with deadly Genesis and Vulcan, oh and then God. spend a lot of time, uh, dealing with Shi'ar politics and shit. And it's, uh, as boring as it sounds. Ooh boy. I think I tried to read no. Deadly Genesis at one time at some point or the other. So Deadly Genesis itself is actually kind of okay. That's the one that takes place. It's on earth, but it leads to Vulcan and all this third summer's brother, like space opera, like game of Thrones in space with the Shi'ar stuff. 
That is not very good. Doesn't does not sound good, my friend. Does not sound good. Not good. Um, Deadly Genesis is cool. I would like to do that at some point for the show if the show runs long enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. It's like a really interesting miniseries. That's um. Since you brought that up, we've had a bunch of people ask us what we're going to be doing next on the podcast, and uh, mm-hmm. I would just want to let you know that as soon as we know, we will tell you. We just haven't made up our minds oh, yeah. yet, and we've got so many issues to cover of this that I'm not even really particularly thinking about it. Like I've been kind of browsing around on Marvel Unlimited and like randomly picking out stuff and just reading some X Men because I'm kind of into an X Men zone right now. But I'm uh, yeah, I don't th- we haven't we haven't fi- figured out anything, and as soon as we do, we we will absolutely tell y'all. Yeah, the uh, you know, we we'll probably start talking about that like. You know, when this run starts wrapping up, um, the obvious answer would obviously be like astonishing, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we want to not do that immediately and maybe make some time, maybe do something from a different era. Yeah. You know, maybe mm-hmm. a good time to like do, you know, something old. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We will. Um, for now, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you would like a bunch of bonus episodes, uh, all the episodes at once, uh, kind of early, um, a bunch of other benefits, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. And uh, if you can't do that, we understand money is uh, different for everyone. Um, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review. We Absolutely. really appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, if you can't do that, because Apple is a weird ecosystem that only allows you to use iTunes to do that, tell a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, recommend yeah. the podcast to your to your buds. Uh, we and don't warn them about all of the weird sex stuff that we talk about. Just let them c- encounter mm-hmm. that naturally. So no, it's <laughs> a uh, freestanding natural dicks in the wild. Exactly you know? right. Uh, so, so not to not to pat my own. Uh, my own back at all but somebody reminded me of a funny thing that i said on outer suffering which is we make dick jokes we also make dick points uh so just uh this is a good podcast for people making points about dicks as well i really thought you were gonna say like not to pat myself on the on the dick on my back but <laughs> oh <laughs> but it feels good fuck I, yeah just, you know. God, i didn't think like trying to jerk off with a dick on your back would be way more difficult you know, a lot of like like laying on your back on like a slip and slide okay you know sure. and then kind of just kind of like scooting just greasing it up like a like an air mattress and t- seeing what happens yeah. <laughs> yeah like a very specific air mattress that'd be such a pain to put away like as somebody who can't even keep up with a flashlight like i would i would find the maintenance on that masturbation extremely tough i would have to have a house so. for it like i'd build a shed and that's where i would just do all of my business and we would never nobody yeah. would ever be able to go in there besides me so nobody it wouldn't matter what it looked like shed sat shack yeah not great yeah, let's not talk um, about this ever again with each other. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Build a shed to go jerk off. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The jerk off shed.